Welcome to the Hunter's Hub, the video game co- podcast born of the Monster Hunter community. Welcome, Sasha. My co-host is Vortuan. Sorry, I really backwards that today. Hi, welcome. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Uh, we we have a good friend, guest uh, Steve. Welcome back, Steve. Hey, thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Steve. I'm a frequent. Hi, Steve. Not frequent. I'm occasional guest. Yeah. Yeah. We enjoy having you on. Um, I had actually, I had to, uh, so uh, to explain, uh, Pan used to be on the show. Steve is a good friend of Pan's. In fact, uh, married. Real good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're married. That was. Yeah. Um, like, I was, I was being. No, no, I know. Um, I was actually gonna. Uh, I was. I was actually gonna call on you. I po- called on Pan, but I was gonna call on you too if she didn't answer. Uh, I needed some help because I, I wanted to categorize some of the doom metal music. I was like, I need to know what kind of metal this is so I can find more of it because I actually enjoy it. Uh, I know like one doom metal band, and they're pretty obscure. Doom metal's I, mm. I respect it. It's just not really what I typically listen to. Well, I'm not talking about the Chelsea. genre. She... So it, it was it was from the game Doom and it had a metal song. Oh, the game. And it was like, yeah. Doom. Okay, so Doom Metal is a subgenre of metal, which is bands that emulate the sound of Black Sabbath. Oh. Did not know that. Okay, that's something I learned today. Alright. Well, I heard I I don't know, something popped up on my YouTube feed. It was like so and so reacts to um like it's one of the Doom songs. Uh the only thing they fear is you is the name of the song. And I was like all right, I need to I need to see this because like, it's a good song, uh, but I didn't remember it and I got really into it for like I was listening to it like over and over again for like a couple hours and I was like, all right, I need to find something like this because I'm gonna burn out on this. We just you just <laughs> look up that band and just start listening to their other stuff. Well, it's Mick Gordon uh, mostly, but then they brought in the, it's really weird because they brought in that other guy I can't remember his name. Um, because Mick Gordon had like a public fallout with Bethesda because like Bethesda was like, Hey, you know, awesome. You did the work for us and you do a really good job, but like, could you get that album done? You promised. And then he's basically like, yeah, I'll sure I'll do it. And he never did it. So like they just did it themselves and then it became a big public fight. So they hired someone else to do the DLC. So, and, uh, here we are. Um, Speaking of which, we're going to be talking about DLC today. Um, so our topic is uh, our favorite DLCs, which doesn't include expansions. We will specifically say so stuff like, you know, Wrath of the Lich King, or if you're looking for Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, that's not going to be here because those are expansions. Um, we're talking specifically just DLC. And we also have a dishonorable mention today because today's uh, one of our wildcard episodes because we have a random not a random but you know a, one of our rare fifth episode in a month uh episodes and today is the last day of may so it came on the tail end of it not may april tomorrow's may i'm all sorts of over the place all right so um i gotta pull up my list there it is and so how do we uh, how do we want to start tonight? Uh, do you want to start with our guest Steve for first DLC tonight? I think so. 
Okay. Okay. So Steve, um, start us up. Yeah. So this this was challenging because you, you told it to me, and I'm like, yeah, I, I I can think of lots of things where I'm like, oh, if you play this game, you got to make sure you do this, and I'm like, all those things are expansions, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. And then when I did come up with things that I think qualified as DLCs, I kind of noticed that the kind of the non-expansion DLC was really popular like 10 years ago, at least among the games that I play. And there's a lot of things where I'm like, hey, this was, this was awesome, but like, I don't really remember anything about it because I played it a mm -hmm. very long time ago. I remember in DMC Devil May Cry, Virgil's downfall was awesome, but I could not tell you a single thing about it except you play as Virgil. Right. Um, okay. But what I did sort of remember, and then I, I even popped it open and played it a little bit, was um, the Citadel DLC for Mass Effect 3. Oh. I also have a Mass Effect 3 one, but it's not Citadel. Okay, that's good. So we didn't we didn't step on that's toes that's fascinating I, I feel like citadel is like naturally the best so but it's also it's been a very long time since i played mass effect 3 i think it was 2015 so i had to pop it open and like play through it a bit and i was like wait how, how do i how do i hide behind the chest high walls i don't remember it's been too long <laughs> um but yeah but the citadel dlc was basically meant i i get the impression it was meant to be a better conclusion to mass effect 3 like they did you know that they, they did rework the ending and the ending of mass effect 3 could be its own podcast episode so but more just to be like okay here's all your friends from all the games you're going on an adventure together mm -hmm. and you know, remember all the good times. There's a part where you, where you get in an elevator and they're like, man, these elevators take a really long time. But it's nice that we can say important things while we're in the elevators. And they just like yeah. make fun of the tropes. And uh, and also, I've, I realized like replaying it, it is just... I mean, I think Mass Effect is already like a power fantasy. It's like, you're the best sure. human. You're the only human specter. You're going to save the whole world. Everyone wants to be your friend. And you're, you know, you're so good at anything. You can solve issues through diplomacy or violence. You're good at both. You just have to choose whichever right. suits you in a given situation. Now, is this excluding if you're a, a renegade? You can do both. No? I've been, I have been learning this in my rerun of the games. Okay. Is that I have been verbally have said this, a renegade, yeah. and mostly in like my choices, I've been paragon. But I've made, I've made some bad choices too. Yeah, I oh, haven't yeah, I redone Mass picking... Effect Three though. Mm. I remember being like almost always Paragon, but there there is like this one mission where Shepard just gets straight up betrayed by some faction, and I think I went Renegade a hundred percent on those on that faction because I was so mad at them for like mm. for what they did to Shepard. Um, but anyway, but okay, so so Mass Effect is already I, I would call a big power fantasy, and it's awesome. It's yeah. not a criticism, but it's what it is. But then Citadel takes it to the next level because the first thing that happens in Citadel is you just inherit a free 
I don't know, 5,000 square foot apartment on the most important city in the universe. Interesting. Okay. There's so like just a, like someone giving you a, like a New York apartment for free. Yeah, like like a whole condo for free, and it, like there's a waterfall. Like the bathtub is like a twelve person jacuzzi. It's like multi leveled. Um, it's like there's it's like, like taking like, a bath in a pool. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, there's like okay. multiple bedrooms and like a gym and like just all all this stuff. So. So that's power fantasy number one is having like, I mean, literally the, the apartment Shepard gets is probably three times bigger than my house. Um, sure. Yeah. And, and it's in Jeez. the most, you know, it's, it's in the capital of the universe. It's in the Citadel. And then yeah. immediately after you get that, it's like you wander around, you explore it and you get an email from Joker and he's like, hey, you want to go get sushi at the most expensive restaurant at the Citadel? And you're like, okay. And you go there and you like skip the line. Like there's a scene where Shepard cuts everyone in line. And they're like, you're not allowed in. You're allowed in. Come on in, Commander Shepard. We have a table all ready to go for you. Hmm. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. This is what I want my life to be like. Is this right here? Right. They, um... <laughs> They bring Rex back because since you can't, um, since you could possibly kill Rex, I don't think anybody does it, but technically you can kill him in Mass Effect 1. So he's not in the other Mass Effect games. Sasha, you're shaking your head. Mm. Am I wrong? Or are you? No, you can You can do it. I physically cannot make myself do that. So right, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm never going to experience that. A world without Rex. Me either, but um, but technically, because you can do it, they like they didn't really include him in two or three, mm. even though he's such an awesome character. You get a lot of dialogue with him right before, you know, the choice in Mass Effect Three. Yeah, yeah, they, they bring him. I mean, but he's not like it. a party member. No. Except in the Citadel DLC where he is. Citadel does what Bioware games do best at the end, which is just kind of like wrap up all the narratives with your companions. That's what happens at the end of all the Dragon Age games. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. But yeah, so Rex is back and he's awesome and you can put him in your party and uh, you're in this part where you're just stuck in this like stealth level with a pistol and then just Rex just like jumps in and hands you a machine gun that's a huge upgrade all right (laughs) now we're ready to actually play some mass effect and then you have to go to this fancy cocktail party and like i got garris vicarian to wear a tuxedo and i'm like this is the just the best dlc ever the whole thing's like four (laughs) hours so i don't i wouldn't call it an expansion pack so i feel like it's, it's kind of perfect for this uh for this qualifier for, for this situation okay yeah i had other stuff okay, i had that's... to do today though so i that's like literally exactly as far as i got through playing citadel today and the last time i played it was 2015 so memory's a little shaky uh, I, but i will say all of mine are the closest one to me playing was two years ago the furthest one was probably 2012 or 13 yeah. like for me playing that's when like so bethesda was doing all their dlcs like before like 
the Skyrim ones, but like Fallout had all theirs and Fall Three in New Vegas. And I don't know. It, feel, it felt like everything had like a ten dollar. Like here's a little bit more of the story. But, yeah. I do okay. remember just being like super excited every time there would be another New Vegas DLC or yeah. Mass Effect or like yes, all right, I'm cutting class, I'm playing this shit today. <laughs> yes, that's right. You know, um, I have this. I don't do Chauncey does this a lot more than I do, but I do it to some degree where I will finish a game and I'm like done. Like I don't care what else comes out. Like I'm not engaging with it again. He's very overt about that stance on things, but me, I'm I'm like I'll come back, but I end up never doing so. You know, that kind of thing. So I'll have these situations where I'll buy like a season pass with all the DLC and never touch any of it. Yeah. Because it's just like, I love this game and I want to play more of it. And then I just get like wrapped up in other things when those come out. And I'm like, oh, well. I feel like <laughs> yeah. now I'm a game of the year version player because. Yeah. Yeah. That was the other thing that made this really hard was I was thinking about like um, Dark Souls which I know has a lot of great mm-hmm. DLC. I don't know what the DLC is and what the main game is because I always just play the like complete versions. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. That, so that makes like, me wonder because a lot of people are speculating about Elden Ring and, and if it's going to get DLC. And I'm like, am I going to play that? I don't know. You should. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I know I finished Elden Ring. I didn't oh, okay. I don't know if gotcha. I'm going to play the DLC. Because gotcha. um, I started a second save because I'm, I'm in this weird spot right now for gaming where I'm in what I call the pre-Monster Hunter blues where nothing is interesting to me video game wise until the next Monster Hunter comes out. So I'll play like 20 minutes of something and be like, ah, I just wish this was Monster Hunter, but I don't want to play more Monster Hunter until it comes out. So I guess I'll just do something else. <laughs> I'm in this weird video game blues where um, I got something called Decuvier syndrome, which is basically the the sheath tendons in my wrist are like chronically inflamed, and uh, mm-hmm. it hurts to play video games like a lot. So, I remember you when you first got that, you had like the wrist brace and everything. That was I bet that's rough. It is. Um, I started physical therapy for it about a month ago, and that's been helping immensely. So hopefully in another oh, month or two good. I'll be like a hundred percent back to normal. That's what that's what my guy says is likely, but we just kinda gotta wait and see. Sure. Yeah, that would that would hurt me a lot. That is my main source of entertainment. <laughs> Except for the past couple weeks, but yeah. Okay. Well, my my um, sources of entertainment are video games, these things, this thing, um my drums, like everything I do, I use my wrist. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Oh man, well, I mean, I do write and other things too, but that also involves my wrist. So I could, I could understand that would be very rough. Um, okay. Um, solid. Uh, solid first DLC. Uh, the Citadel for Mass Effect Three. Um, so Sasha, uh, what are, what are you gonna follow that up with? I'll follow it up with my other my Mass Effect 3 one, which was Leviathan. Fair enough. I Leviathan. really liked the Leviathan DLC. Um, Can you remind this is me the one... what... Or, oh, go ahead. Yes. So 
Leviathan is the one where they find out that there's a survivor race from the original Reaper cycle. And it's on like that like planet that's covered in water. And you Hmm. it's a short DLC, I will say that, but visually I think it's the most remarkable of all the DLCs. I this is the one that stands out to me the most. And I also haven't played Mass Effect 3 since probably about 2015-ish. Actually, it might even mm-hmm. be before that because I feel like I blitzed that game, had a bunch of problems with my 5,000 kill achievement resetting over and over and over again. And when I you completed did, that game, did I didn't touch that, it yeah. again. I was like, I'm not. I'm, yeah. not, I'm done with this game. Um so I think it might have even been longer than that, probably like within the first year that it came out. But this is the one that stands out to me the most. Um, there's this image in my head of Shepard being like this tiny little thing, but in this massive like mecha suit that he took to go down to the bottom of the ocean. It's like a deep borer suit. And mm-hmm. then this massive like Leviathan in front of him. And then it like psychically talks to him and explains all of the original Reaper cycle. It's so cool. And as a big like sci-fi nerd, I just geeked out the whole time. Just like, oh, I don't even care that we're not fighting anything. This is so awesome. Okay. I can I can see the appeal there. So you guys are making me want to play Mass Effect when I that I tried so many times with number two. I tried so many times. Wait, number two just... is what? Wait, so you're telling me you beat number one, but number two put you off? Never played it. I never played one. That's the oh, problem okay. is. So, but Mass Effect so 2 this... is like the, that is the, the crowning like, gem. It is, yeah. This is shocking. I've never I heard never this got opinion past, expressed. I never got past the first like 20 or 15 minutes. And... I would just like I do this thing where I like I like to talk to everyone in RPGs, right? And um which I again that makes sense in, in something like Mass Effect, but like they're like, Oh Commander Shepard, you're the best. I'm like, I know who the fuck this guy is. Like what what's why am I the best? Like what's going on? But see this like, is because you didn't play Mass Effect one and yeah, then you I really think right. that the punches now, in Mass Effect 2 don't hit if you're not invested. Like, when you find out who Archangel is, you're like, oh my god, it's Garrus. But if you didn't play yeah. Mass Effect 1, you're like, also, oh, who's okay, this well, guy? The, the problem also, was, when I played it, it was on Wii U, right? And Wii U didn't get Mass Effect 1. There wasn't any way to play this it. Is, so like, I, But wait, I did not know Wii U got Mass Effect 2. That is actually maybe, kind of awesome. I, it either got two or either got or maybe I'm mistaken and I got three. I know I played two and I just didn't have access to one at the time. So then I sort of like put it down and was like, nope, off, I'm out. And he, like, me and space have never mixed very well. So I'm just like, but Mass Effect I, I'm is, just going to call this one a loss. But Mass Effect has everything that you want out of like Dragon Age, basically. Like... Yeah, and I only so, played Dragon Age 2 as well. Like, Dragon Age 2 was the only one I played. for. Uh, yeah, I know. So now, I, I tried to play one. I did try to play one uh, recently, Origins. Um, but I have a problem with it keep crashing on good old games. So, like, okay, I have, like it won't if get past. Yeah. If it crashes, it crashes. It won't so, get... you, know, you can't help that, but... Um, 
So and then I tried to play Inquisition, and I was just like, this feels janky as hell. Like, I cannot. <laughs> but I played I, it on my PS5. Inquisition's pretty excellent what do you what what's janky about it uh it was there was something throwing me off about how the the people moved in the game and it was just oh i know what it is it's because it's this weird like it is turn-based in that whatever you press it has to follow through with those commands but then everything's still real time yeah that that might be what it was because i was just like this feels bad like i i like I don't know what it is, but it is like it felt like some serious jank. I was just like, I'm not enjoying this, so I moved on. Like after I, the first couple fights, I've been intending to play Inquisition since it came out, and I just haven't. I haven't bought it. I have. I was like waiting for it to go on mm-hmm. sale, and now I could probably get it for about five bucks, and I just still haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. Yeah, or if you have like a Game Pass or EA or whatever EA Play that it's on there the full game of the year version which you definitely have to play to get the whole story the last it, it's very uh mass effect 3 dlc a lot of important gotcha. stuff is in yeah. the dlc i may just do this thing where i just like because i got it on playstation right so like i i may just do this thing where i just try to get it on pc instead and just see if that feels better i'm gonna interject really quickly it's one of my contenders that I didn't go through with because I didn't have enough to say, but was Dragon Age Origins, the Return to Ostagard DLC for it. Because Mm -hmm. basically, and really all that there is is like, so that's where you go back to where like the king was killed and you have to go find his armor. And it's possible, I don't know, I guess I'm going to spoil Origins for you. Like a, a, a thirteen year old okay. game. I played but, two I played two all the way through, so I knew what happened in Origins. Okay, so like the the guy who betray who like basically kills the king, you can put him into your party and if you take him there, you mm. can like he has some like dialogue where he's like, Oh, you're just rubbing this in my face, huh? You did you really have to bring mm. me? You have like seven other people to choose from. But you're bringing me here, huh? Alright. And you can like have him wear the king's armor and it's just like that's literally all I have to say about that DLC, but it cracked me up. <laughs> that's that's uh that's that's like rubbing his nose directly in it. Here, wear this armor. I wonder where it came from. Oh come on, what's with that? Suddenly, I get all sorts of notifications right over the stream. Get out of here and say shoot. So. Um, so Mass Effect Leviathan, did you have more to say on that one, Sasha? Not really. It's not a very long DLC, but I, it's the one that stood out to me the most from Mass Effect 3, actually from most of the Mass Effect series. I almost picked Lair of the Shadow Broker, though, from Mass Effect 2. It was really close. That's another one where I remember it being awesome, but I really couldn't tell you a single thing that happens in it, but I remember loving it. I recently replayed Lair of the Shadow Broker, and it it is pretty great, especially for the same reasons that you like Citadel. You don't get Liara mm-hmm. any other time in the game. This is your chance to kind of touch base with her. Um, I've actually never played Lair of the Shadow Broker as a shepherd who romanced Liara in the first 
game, so I don't oh, okay. know what happens with no, this that. Is, this is bringing back memories, because I did romance Liara in one, and then, yeah, I do remember them meet, and like, yeah, there's that moment where it's like, oh my god, it's Liara, and they like, they kiss right away. Hmm. And the uh, current person you're romancing is like, what the fuck? You don't have to cheat on your person, but oh, okay. Like, I mean, but I did. If you do, you just put their picture frame down on your desk, and you don't yeah, worry that, about that. Yeah, I was like, one hundred percent, she's better. Bye. <laughs> no, my current run through Actually, of the remastered wait, no. series, I was gonna romance Caden, but I let him die. And then, oh, okay. so I romanced nobody in Mass Effect One, and then Garrus because. There's well, no yeah. shepherd without Vicarian. Uh, uh, 100%. No, I'm... Yeah, G Garrus is, is the correct choice. I don't care if it's, ma if it's male Shep or femme Shep. Garrus is the is the correct choice. That's why I was just telling you in Citadel, okay. they're like, who's your plus one? Garrus. I don't... You, I can't... It, the game won't let me romance him, but I'll bring him wherever, the, wherever you'll let me. Like... Bromance him. There you go. That's 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 the option is romance. Okay. I don't know. I might try it. I might try to go through the Mass Effect and try to give Dragon Age another go. I okay, just... you're committing right there. You just committed to like 500 hours. You gotta. I know. I have a lot of hours of gameplay before Monster Hunter comes out. I think you just like, you gotta pick one or the other. Do you want to do medieval times or do you want to go to space? Do you like the janky? Hardly ever okay. want to go Fort, to space, but I will try. Fort, I'm going to... Because the thing you don't like about Dragon Age Inquisition is just so pervasive that, like... I think you'll probably be better off just shooting stuff. I think mm -hmm. you'd like Mass Effect better. I liked, I liked Dragon Age 2 when I played it, you know, whenever that came out, but... It is the smoothest of the combat of the three, I will say. And, and a lot of I think people I played maybe like as a result. 10 or 15 hours of two, and then like finals happened, and then I just never got back to it. Yeah, I, get, I can get that, yeah. Um, I think you gotta really love Dragon Age to appreciate two. I loved one. I played one like twice, and I played Awakening twice, like... Mm -hmm. but two just didn't hook me i didn't hate it like a lot of people did when it came out but it just didn't hook me i'm like a like a seven out of ten on dragon age 2 but it's because i i do love dragon age fair it's fair okay um so i'm well, not going to be talking about go ahead I was just going to say, I think Origins is like my gold standard for what a CRPG, like a modern CRPG should be. Okay. Loved Origins. I mean, what I got to play of it recently before it kept crashing, I was actually really enjoying it. I really was. Um, but it, it just like hard crashed, like died so many times. And then like I couldn't do anything to fix it. So hopefully, hopefully they can rectify that and i can play it again we'll see but not right now because I'll, I'll look into i might look into mass effect i've been looking into replaying some of the doom stuff because i've just been like i don't know what i'm gonna do like i, I tried so many games and it's just sort of like eh not really 
Although I've been lightly playing it, I haven't noped out of it yet. Weird West, Sasha. I didn't. I talked a little bit about that. I've been easing into that one because that one is not what I expected. And I was like, okay, okay, I can, I can get behind this. But it is very much like I haven't heard anything about it. I've heard it came out at some point, but I don't know anything uh, about it. As far as I know so far, you are this bounty ex bounty hunter uh, who who sort of like they say hung up the irons is what they said. Basically, you know, put away your gun and your badge and whatnot. Your well, not badge because you're a bounty hunter, but put away your stuff to to live a normal life with your husband and your son. And um, you wake up and your husband's been kidnapped and your son's been murdered. Um, fuck. And you have to go track him down, and it's this weird. It's like a very. Uh, actually, I don't like the little I played of Mass Effect. It is sort of the the battle system is like a more strategic viewpoint of that. Okay. Where you're sort of doing this more. It's very f- pulled back because like Mass Effect is over the shoulder. This is more like top down, point of view. Okay. You switch out guns and you have abilities and stuff. And it sounds like the alternate combat version in Inquisition. There's two ways to play Inquisition. Hmm. Okay. You do have a party. You do manage, but they do all of their own things. You don't manage them at all. They just. You have stealth sections, and they can't be seen. Only you can. Okay. So you can have. Makes it you can have a situation where, like, you're you're hiding around the corner, and the idiot that's with you is just hiding in the middle of the street, and like they'll actually do collision with him, and like they're actually like walking around with him, like I don't know where he is, like kind of thing. It's really funny yeah. to me. Um, I've, I've seen that in a bunch of games. Yeah, so it's it's but it's 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 called Weird West because. Um, it's also got like fantastical elements to it. Like I've killed like five or six sirens that like the big thing uh, right now is that like a group of like some, some weird siren has been like kidnapping people to, to, to go to this feeding farm. And that's why your husband was kidnapped to go to this feeding farm. And you're trying to huh. like, okay, stop his transport to whatever this place is before they get there. So he doesn't get eaten by whatever the siren wants to eat. So it's, it's a bit weird. Hence the name weird West, but I believe there's multiple playable characters like in different stories. Uh, or you turn into a werewolf or something. I don't know. Cause you can see the silhouette of your character it looks like a werewolf. I think and I I'm remember like, that there are, I think there's three playable storylines that interweave. Right. Yeah. And I think, and I think one of them is a werewolf. And I think another one of them is some other crazy creature that you play as like, but other than that, like I'm playing a normal human who has a revolver and I'm trying to scavenge bullets off of people as I'm shooting them. So it's, it's not, Unlike something like Outer Worlds or something that I'm playing right now, which is less of a less of a dialogue system, you know, less less RPG staff. It's just more 
action oriented. There's not a lot of stats. Like you don't have in to worry about stats worlds? as much. In this versus oh, outer I was going to say that's not outer my worlds, experience no. with the outer worlds. No, no, no. Outer worlds, you had stats yeah. and stuff. I didn't finish it, but I I did play it enough to be like that's this is like Fallout where where like oh, yeah. this is you're not you're not managing RPG stuff. Right. You're this is like all about inventory slash ability management, which as far as I remember is more akin to Mass Effect because like. I don't know if you have stats in Mass Effect. You, you, well, you have like skills. <clears throat> kind of. You, you have your shield and your health, but yeah, you have your basically cooldowns on your skills. Yeah, but you're not managing strength, dex, intelligence, that kind of stuff. No. No. There's it's like, more like um, your gun skills and your tech or biotics. And I feel like that gotcha. there's some like dialogue skills as well, like depending on which game you're yeah. playing. Yeah. Okay. This one, it's there's no skills to worry about other than like battle skills that you learn, and that's it. And you sort of choose which guns get which. Like I took a sniper skill for the rifles, is one of the early ones I took. It's like your first shot is undetected and does extra damage. I'm like, okay, cool. So uh, yeah, so that off when be undetected, man. Yeah, yeah, especially in a large group of people sometimes. Like, I was trying to get this bounty. was surrounded by, like, six people, so I just picked, like, one guy off. I was like, it makes it a little easier. And then I just went in, guns a-blazing. And it worked out, but, you know. Um. So, yeah. Uh. So, my, my first DLC that I'm going to talk about is probably the least, like, involved. You guys had some, like, you, you said Leviathan was kind of short. Um, but, um, this is one of my favorites because it was, it had so much promise and it was the only time it worked out well for the Amiibos. So, cause if you remember, Amiibos were am- originally meant what? to be, yeah, the Amiibos for, for, uh, Nintendo were supposed to be DLC and they ended up not really being anything other than cosmetics at this point, if anything at all. But you don't download um, a statue. But it had DLC in it. You could buy the DLC or buy the Amiibo. Um, yeah. I'm glad they don't uh, have DLC and, because they're so hard to get sometimes. So Right, right. I liked them for that reason. But then again, like then they became super rare. And it was just like, oh, I'm kind of glad they didn't do this. But the one time it worked out really well for me is in Hyrule Warriors. If you, if you had a Link Amiibo, you had to have a specific one. It was any of them. You got the Twilight Princess top uh, weapon, so you got to play as like the sort of like the the top that that. It was a really weird thing in Twilight Princess. It's like you had to like jump up these like rails and stuff in this one dungeon, and they made that a weapon in Hyrule Warriors, where Link is just just like riding on a top and just destroying all sorts of people. Because it's, it's a Muso game, right? So, like, that's what you yeah, just do yeah. in those games. Destroy thousands of units. Um, so, like, this writable top, you got to, like, combo and stuff. And you, you got it if you just had a Link Amiibo. Now, I used to have a Link Amiibo. I then had kids, and those kids tore apart. And I may be able to find the base at some point, but probably not oh, Link. No. Um, um, I don't know if Chelsea ever mentioned this. She has a friend who, like... 
coded a bunch of like amiibo into just like RFID chips. So Chelsea has oh, nice. just like a plastic bag full of RFID chips that are like at the time it was every Zelda um series amiibo that existed. Hmm. And her friend did it for her for like just the cost <laughs> of the chips basically cuz it took and like postage cuz it it took him like no effort. Right. Hmm. You know, she's never mentioned that. So yeah. One of those would work. Well, actually, any of them if they were Link uh, to get you the top in Hyrule Warriors, and that was a yeah. fun weapon. Um, it's just part of the, the like you get the like um, the new Hyrule Warriors on the Switch. Not 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 Age of Calamity, but they did a definitive edition on the Switch that had yeah. everything, and it's just that weapon's just in there. You don't unlock it or anything. You just get it now. But back in the day, it was a DLC, and I really enjoyed that weapon, and. I thought it was cool that it came off of a Link Amiibo, which is one of the first Amiibos I got. Um, but I do agree with you. Now, if that was a thing with Amiibos, them being so scarce, that'd be a problem. That'd I feel be like a they're real easier, problem. They're easier to get now. Like, when Amiibos first came out, they were just, like, impossible. There was a good, solid chunk of time. I don't, I didn't have any problems getting my Link one, um, like, when they were first coming out. But... A couple months into it, yes. A couple yeah, months into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, like, if, you, if you're watching like day of and you went to Best Buy or whatever, you could get them. I remember um, when Dread came out, and it was like two weeks after Dread came out, and I actually got an ad that was like, Do you want the Metroid Dread Amiibos? It just like popped up on Facebook, and I was like, Yeah, I do. And mm-hmm. then I bought them, and then I got them, and I was like, Wow, I didn't. Yeah, the Dread Amiibos didn't have any problems. Yeah, no, they, the I I've seen dread like I've had the my my buddy at the game store, be like, hey, I've got dread amiibos, you want them? And I bought like the special edition of dread. I've actually got it sitting up on a shelf back there. I was like, no, I'm good, I don't need it because you I don't a, really care about the amiibos anymore because they don't do anything for you me. You get an extra energy tank. That's you get an extra energy tank and an extra missile tank. I think is what the the amiibos do. So there dread. you go. All right. So an extra health bar is good, but, you know, I, I, I beat it already by the time he already t- told me that, so didn't really need it, I guess. I'm I like, remember well, appreciating the extra know. health, like, right at the beginning of the game. Sure, yeah, that can, the game isn't terribly easy, I will say that, but it's not terrifically hard either, Yeah, I don't think. Extra health doesn't help against the Emmys, though, which is, like, the main problem. Right, and then if you go in dread mode, no extra health helps, because one-hit kill. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just the Link Amiibo top. I don't know what they call it. Uh, it's some, There's some fancy name for it. But that was uh, that's my weakest one, I will say. I, I led with the smallest one, so... So Steve, what's uh what's your second uh DLC to we talk about tonight? Um so I guess this isn't a specific DLC. I guess I can talk about a few specifics, but more broadly I was just going to say Rock Band DLC was just great. Oh like, yeah, just all the song packs or, or just being like able to be like man, I really like this one random Iron Maiden song. Like I I'm, I'm just going to get exactly that one song or being able to like you know, they had, like, 
multiple ACDC albums, I think. No, wait, no, they had an ACDC live album. But what it just like there there's a lot of bands <clears> where they <throat> just had multiple albums by them and you could be like, yeah, this like one obscure song, like Vital Signs by Rush, which is a so- song nobody knows, but it's on a great album, so it's there. And it's like, yeah, yeah just play I got Vital you. Signs. Yeah, I don't know that one. I know Rush, I don't know Vital Signs, right? So um they put like all of 2112 you can play t- like the entirety of 2112 which is a 20 minute song hmm um i but i was going to say probably the the coolest thing that they did just for like individual DLC was like i want to say for 10 or 15 bucks on Rock Band 2 you could get nearly the entire Rock Band 1 library as DLC Wow, that's something. Considering it's all licensed music, that is something. Yeah, there was, I think, like, Metallica at that point had, like, an exclusivity agreement with Guitar Hero. So, like, Enter Sandman and I think one other song didn't transfer, but it was basically like, oh, you remember Rock Band 1? You like all those songs, and now you can play all of them in Rock Band 2 for, like, 15 bucks. Yeah, that's... It's pretty good. I actually... Your whole Rock Band uh, library transferred to Rock Band Blitz, which was really cool. Also that, yeah. Rock Band Blitz was awesome. Yes. And the Rock Band Blitz What's songs Blitz? could be played in Rock Band. What, what was Blitz? It I was never just heard of on Blitz. your controller. You played all... You were the whole Rock Band, and you used like your triggers to switch instruments or to vocals. And so there was like planning to maximize your score based on... like which instrument or vocals was going to rack in the most points. Yeah. Yeah. So like whatever. Interesting. A, yeah, a more arcade version then. Absolutely. And it's, it's super strategic. Like it's very. Okay. Um, but also like, so you wanted to be whichever one racked up the most points, but I feel like each of them also had their own separate multipliers and you wanted to max out all the multipliers as well. Yes. Yes. If you uh, had, okay. so it, you would, max out your multiplier on each one of your instruments. And then when you switched over, um, you had to be careful if you switched over as a note was playing, you had to like play the note as you were switching over tracks or you would reset your multiplier on that instrument. And then I also learned certain, certain songs, vocals were what got all the points, Mm -hmm. even though it didn't seem that way because there weren't a ton of notes. Yeah, there, there was some kind of scaling going on to kind of make it that all the instruments were balanced. Now, Rock Band Blitz was amazing because it came out at a time when, like, a lot of people were kind of over Guitar Hero and Rock Band. So it yeah. was really great to be like, well, I still love this game, but nobody wants to play it with me anymore. But now there's a single player version. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I was over it pretty much a month into it. Like, I, like, all of my friends were still doing rock band and guitar hero. Like uh, I'll remember um, a good friend, Brian invited me over to play rock, you know, and just invited me over just to hang out one time. I was like, Oh yeah. 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 I also bought the, uh, the killers soundtrack so you can play along with it. I was like, okay. I mean, I wasn't going to play, but I'll, I guess I got the killers there. I'll, I'll play something. Yeah. That, that's what makes it so, great. That's, that's yeah. why the rock band DLC or it's like, I mean, and I'm, I haven't been into Rock Band that much in the past five years or so, whatever, maybe ten years. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I remember going to my buddy's house, um, like a couple months ago, and he he got Rock Band Four and being like, "Oh, like, yeah, let's just go again and let's just go ahead and get the Ghostbusters theme, like, cause that'd be fun to play." And like, just having <laughs> such <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, whoops, bumped my uh, my camera. Um, but just having like two thousand songs to just pick and choose from, and I ended up spending sixty dollars on DLC for his Rock Band account. It's not that we played all those songs, but it's like, well, we gotta have that. Gotta have this song. Gotta have this. Yeah, I get you. Okay. Yeah, I just I got so tired of them so quick because that's all they wanted to do, and I was much more of like, let's play Halo or Smash kind of thing, like. I was much more of an action game person. And they're all like, yeah. Like, at the time, I remember I had a buddy, uh, Eric, who all he wanted to do was play Rock Band ever anymore and drink. And I was just like, I right, dude. I'm just, I don't drink. So I guess it's just sit here, play drums while you just mess up the guitar all <laughs> night. Like, I just... It got I got over it pretty quick in that situation. Like I was just like done. But yeah. <laughs> I was I, I get was it. so into rock band and guitar hero. I mean, that's like the, and that opened the like the, the those games are the reasons why there's guitars behind me. Like Sure. I thought it, it was just it so cool. It unlocked the musician in you. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was so cool and so much fun and I just like wanted to keep going and like in my dedicated music room that I'm recording this in, but like there's a mm-hmm. guitar, like guitar hero and rock band stuff just like, yeah. cause it, it's part of it. And now my camera's all messed up. Darn it. <laughs> yeah. I avoid moving my camera when I can. Cause it Uh-oh. took so, so much to, it'll just take me a minute. Uh, I'll be right back. I still hear you fine. though. Okay. Um, Okay, so rock band. All right, um, Sasha, what's what's uh, what's your second one? Uh, my second one was from the Outer Worlds. Uh, I picked Murder on Eridanos. Okay, which is the murder mystery DLC from the Outer Worlds. Mm-hmm. It is also the one that it's the second of the DLCs, which increase your level cap increase the scaling or change the scaling I guess on all of the skill checks in the game Yeah, um, because everything goes from 100 to 150 and makes it a lot harder to have a jack of all trades character at the end game you really have to specialize in what you want but I found I found that murder on Eridanos was a lot of fun because I was a speech person in the game. I had heavy, heavy uh, stuff in speech and in sneak and lock picking. So it was perfect for this DLC. But basically you, um, you are investigating the death of a corporate actress salesperson uh, for one of the corporations who does like the Rizzo's pop. Uh, in the game, I guess, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, they set it up to make it look like somebody that she's involved with romantically may may have done it. And uh, you can definitely mess the DLC up. You can accuse the wrong person. Mm. Uh, and okay. have, That's like, awesome. a bad ending. That. Yep. Um, 
or you can really, really investigate it. And if you don't have a good enough speech uh, invested in one of the three speech options, you will not solve it. You will accuse the wrong person. Just from messing up what you're yeah, trying you'll to mess, say. Yeah, you'll mess up the investigation. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I don't know. There might be that. another way. I was going to say, there might be another that. way, that would... but make me super mad while i was playing it but like the game theorist in me loves that mm -hmm. it, it uh there very well could be other options like lock picking or something that will get you to a different like get you the same evidence i don't know i've only played it one time and the way that i did it i definitely could have messed it up from Man, not sounds... having a high enough speech that sounds awesome. I like hundred percented the first planet that like the 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 starting planet, whatever, with the like the miners or whatever. Mm -hmm. I did everything I could there, and then as soon as I got to the hub place, I just stopped playing Outer Worlds. Mm. The the thing that I really liked about this DLC is it felt very different than the rest of the game as well. So like, gotcha. Every planet that you go to, it, it's kind of like a Borderlands map, you know? It, it's the same thing as yeah. the previous one, just with a different fresh coat of paint and a different quest running you through it. Um, but yeah. this DLC, I think that they really just let the writers do their own thing. And this is the closest thing that they, I, I think that they came to of New Vegas in space, like what they were trying to sell Outer Worlds as. They hit it with this DLC. Do you have to be high level to like survive it? Um, yes and no. Um, you definitely want to be at least level twenty, um, or like near the end. Um, okay. Because you're going to have to have a certain amount of points spent into skills to investigate sure. it properly, or to lockpick, or do whatever you're trying to do. Um, so you'd have to be at least, I'd say, like level seventeen or so. It's not heavy in the combat in this one like the other DLC is, uh, Gorgon. Peril on Gorgon, I think is what it's called. That one, I would mm -hmm. say, do that after because it is more combat heavy. And I had a little bit more difficulty in that part of the game than any other part of the game combat-wise. Gotcha. Okay. Well, if I get back into Outer Worlds, I will 100% check that out. But. Mm -hmm. I own those DLCs. I just didn't get that far in it. The murder mystery is really fun. I got Outer Worlds the day it came out, so I don't have any of the DLC. I Game Pass subscribed to get the Outer Worlds because I was like, I don't know if gotcha. I want to pay for this game, so I could do $15 this month, and if I hate it, then whatever. But I ended up really liking the Outer Worlds. Yeah, I've had a lot of a lot of people I know really like it. Um, it's just it's one of those things where it's, it feels like Fallout to me, and I was just like, I liked it for so long, and then I was just like, all right, I'm kind of done. Like, I can't. Uh, I don't know what it is about those games that it's just like. I think a lot of times it's crafting stuff like that that just really gets in my. Like the, the the kind of thing, it's like, what's the best equipment? I don't know. Mm. Mm. Okay. I guess I just won't do any crafting because I feel like I'm just going to find better equipment. But then, like, I want to do craft. It's very weird. 
complex I go through with these games. And then it's just like, I get frustrated and I'm just like, I'm out. I'm done. I don't want to. <laughs> I think my video game hot take is like, I feel like crafting could be taken out of almost every game and just replaced, like replace it with like modding weapons. Like, yeah. Just being like, what kind of sight like do you want to have? What kind of barrel do you want to have? And, you know, and there will be like, you know, different effects. You want a silencer or not that affects damage versus stealth, whatever. You know, like, per- you can still have personalization and crafting. And actually, is almost never about personalization. It's just about feeling through, like going through a tree. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's either or, it's either too much or too little in the crafting every time. Like, there's never been a happy medium. I remember in uh, in Cyberpunk, I discovered eventually if your crafting skill was high enough, you could like, you could create a thing that disassembled to more parts than it took to make it. So you could like create an infinite loop generating mats interesting was this so that intended? was fun because that i don't think this was intended i don't think it was like a glitch either though i think it was just like it was like just a very specific an oversight. thing and yeah. there's like there were skills that you could get where you would get more stuff when you um when you disenchant or break it down or whatever they called it yeah disassembled it and yeah, and I and I, I think it was like you know use this thing to make this other thing. You break that, and it gets you more than the first thing took. It it was like a three. It was like a triangle trading thing, whatever. But yeah, but then like you could sell the parts and just have infinite money. And I'm like, this hmm. this isn't good. <laughs> I mean, I'll abuse. You broke this. the game. You broke the game, Steve. You found that you found the exploit. I did. Well, I'll say, but then it came back on me because then my crafting got like maxed out and that's not a combat skill, but all the enemies scaled up to my overall level. So that was kind of bad. Oh no. Okay. Uh, yeah, I get that. Huh? Kind of like a Morrowind situation of that way. Yeah. That way. Okay. Huh? So, uh, the hunt a killer DLC and, uh, in uh, outer worlds. What was that called? The DLC? Murder on Eridanos. Okay. Murder on Eridanos. Uh, I, like I said, I have that DLC. I just... We'll see if I go back to the game. I haven't uninstalled it. It's just sitting there. Not using it. I think I have also not um, uninstalled Outer Worlds. Yeah, I was good. Like, I don't, I don't have any complaints. It's just like the crafting thing just really got in my brain. I was just like, I can't. I, I just... I, I, it, it causes... It's like I have this uh, uh, infinite loop of, of, of issue, and then I just have to, like... I feel like I played that whole game without even touching crafting. I don't even know what you're talking I, about. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's just the way to do most games. I think it's the like way to do games anymore. It. Yep. Yeah. It just, I just I, That might be the way to go, because like, I feel like that's what hangs me up in a lot of those kind of games. Because you get all these parts and stuff, and I'm like... What do I do with them? Just so. And uh, actually, what I. Definitely. Well, that's what I like it, about Weird West is Weird West is like, this is worth X amount of dollars. Just go sell it. Yeah, it says junk right there. It says junk. And I'm Crafting like, I will totally, sell it. Totally changed the way I played Fallout 4. And I played Fallout 4 
differently than I played all the other Fallout games. And it was because of crafting. I'm like, oh, I need to pick this fan up because it's got screws and aluminum in it. And those are, I need that right now. Right. Right. I hate being like the, the junk hoarder that crafting makes me. And I it, yeah. it bothers me. I'm just like, I don't want to do this, but like, I feel like I have to. So... Yeah, I, I think my my own my I, it might be just my my Monster Hunter Blues are just gonna get in the way. I don't know. There's so many things I could just play, and I just don't. Um, it also helped that I finished a bunch of games recently too, and I'm just like, yeah, I, I beat it, and then I'm like, now what? The, like, ugh. anyways. Um, my, so it so might be a good time to start the Mass Effect trilogy. I've not maybe. looked into if the remaster is any good or not, but you know, maybe it is. Uh, that's what Sasha's been playing. It is right. I I only stopped to play Tiny Tina's, or else I would be probably done with Mass Effect Three now. Mm-hmm. There but you I go. did so get, do go get one that. and two. Go if get I can get through, edition. if I can get through one and two without it crashing, that might be a better chance than Dragon Age. Well, legendary shouldn't crash because, e- like, even I've been playing the Legendary Edition not on a Series X. And it hasn't crashed. And it's supposed to be right. optimized for Series X, but playable on the regular Xbox One. Okay. It's been well, fine. I'll, I'll look into it, see if it's not too expensive for me, having just bought Lego Star Wars and not liking it too much. <sighs> I also just got Lego Star Wars, by the way. Or I got it the day it came out. And I, I just, like probably I've, hurt my wrist more playing it. It's not bad. It's just like a, it's one of those things where I'm playing it and I'm just like I'm not into this right now. It's just not going to happen. Like I'm, um, I got to take yeah. Mando to the so, Gunga City and shoot it up, and it was just wonderful. Uh, that was fun. Just like throwing chairs around at the Gungans, that was kind of fun. Um, the uh, so my second one tonight is uh, the Specter Knight DLC from Shovel Knight, and. Uh, people, most people should know what Shovel Knight is. The retro 2D, you're just a knight has a shovel and you're out there to save your love. And Spectre Knight did this really cool thing. Uh, they didn't do it as well with Plague Knight. But Spectre Knight was the second DLC where it took all of Shovel Knight and just made it a totally different game. 100%. It was like, Hey, Shovel Knight was kind of like a like a Zelda Mario mix of like Zelda 2 Mario where you get to like bounce off enemies and you're sort of platforming and fighting things. And like, yeah, this is fun. And Spectre Knight was like, do you want to play Shovel Knight but play like it's Ninja Gaiden? Spectre Knight is for you. Like air dashes, like jumping between things like with like super hits and stuff and it had this really really uh like quick momentum based uh sort of movement and combat versus shovel knight which was more kind of like deliberate i feel like more mario style whereas like this it just felt like ninja gaiden like you're just like slashing between enemies and jumping off of them and or not even off of them through them like you're just like it's a lot more fast-paced and there was a lot of like jumping puzzles and stuff that, in, that involved sort of like 
slashing up through something. Um, Spectre Knight was like really fun for me. Um, I really enjoyed Shovel Knight quite a bit, and it's one of the few games where I beat it, and I beat it before any of the DLCs happened. Um, and then I, like, on a whim, came back to Plague Knight, and I was like, oh, I like Plague Knight. But Plague Knight didn't change much. You just played, like, you just played through the Shovel Knight levels as Plague Knight. Like, you didn't, they didn't change much of it. But Spectre Knight was, like, total rework. Everything's different. And it was actually really cool because it's a prequel to Shovel Knight where, like, the like you have, like, the big bosses in Shovel Knight you had to fight. And, like, Spectre Knight was, like, recruiting people for the Shovel Knight campaign, like, to the bosses. He's, like, forced to recruit the bad guys. So he had, like, beat them in combat and say, like, hey, once I've beaten you, you work for me now. We're going to do this kind of thing. That or is super you fun. Work for who I, you work for who I work for. Um, the levels, like, are entirely changed. There's total different things. It just, it was a really cool, and I didn't expect it. I actually got it part of the um, tre Treasure Trove edition of Shovel Knight, which has uh, Plague Knight, uh, Spectre Knight, and King Knight, as well as a Super Smash Bros. mode in it that involves all the characters. Um, I've only played, I haven't played King Knight's quest yet, but I want to at some point. Um... I just got to find it in my DLC for my Switch. Um, but yeah. The Spectre Knight was a really, really cool, like, total conversion of a game. That, and it's not too long. The Shovel Knight game isn't exactly too long, so you get, like, a good six, seven hours out of the game. But this just adds, like, another six, seven hours-ish. It's feel, like a whole... I feel like you're getting dangerously close to expansion pack territory. Kind of, yeah, you are, but it's DLC. They didn't, they didn't call it an expansion. I think they even call it the the Spectre Knight DLC and the uh, Plague Knight DLC and King Knight DLC. They're actually part of stretch goals, I think, because this was kickstarted. I think. Pretty sure it was. So, I, I feel like I remember that. Yeah, and it was also uh, it was also one of the like I had a Wii U, and it was actually kind of nice to get like a really solid game on the Wii U before anyone else, because like it launched on Vita and Wii U, and as much as people didn't have Wii U, nobody had Vitas. That's true. <laughs> that is super true. <laughs> so it was it was refreshing to have like a really good, uh, like I just really liked Shovel Knight, but then like. Spectre Knight was like, oh, I really like this. I played through it again. Uh, it actually what caused me to get it on Switch is that DLC. So there we go. Spectre Knight. Um, so do we want to do one more or do we want to do our dishonorable mention before we get our, into our positive? Or do we want to end on the dishonorable? I cannot remember my third positive and I'm like scrolling through my Steam list right now trying to remember it so i'm all down to do the dishonorable one right now. sure so let's lead with uh, your dishonorable mention steve all right so um so i was th I, and i was thinking about this a lot and i was doing research and i was looking at like what do people think the worst dlc of all time is and i feel like a lot of pe a lot of the articles and a lot of whatever reddit comments like miss the goal of the question because a lot of it's like 
oh, this was supposed to be in the game, but they cut it out. Or like, oh, uh, like the the game yeah. was, you know, the game sucked. And went, so like you had to buy this DLC and, and there's a lot of stuff like that. Also, a lot of people saying horse armor, which like horse armor was two bucks for three skins. Like, who cares? I, I don't know why that's like a thing that people cared about. Well, they heavily advertised it. Like it was they like, did, but it was like, they really were trying to upsell like the lemon car kind of deal. It was just like it, but it's just skins for your horse. Like, I don't, <laughs> but it was, it was $2 and it's like, you didn't have to buy it. So I, I don't No, I, I understand that, but it was how hard they sold it is sold. It is what really got its reputation. I don't know. I think, I think now people wouldn't even blink at horse no, armor. Not 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 anymore. We've been we've been uh, groomed <laughs> to not work, but, um, not care about that. But I was thinking, so every DLC that I saw listed in these articles or these comments, I'm like, but those all like do make the game better. Like your experience is improved by having these DLCs, and I have a DLC <laughs> where that is not the case, hmm. where. The game is actively worse. Um, and that is the High Roller DLC for Sleeping Dogs. You guys mm. remember Sleeping Dogs? I never do. Played I never played it, it but, I, but I remember it, yeah. So Sleeping Dogs was a, uh, a Grand Theft Auto clone. Essentially, um, it was from a series. I cannot remember the series' name. Um... But it's a series where you are an undercover cop and you have to um, decide, like, are you going to do the more lawful things? Or are you going to try to blend more? And there's, like, a morality system for that. Um, but Sleeping Dogs took the premise and it took it to Hong Kong and it added, like, a, like a fighting game style, like, kung fu combat system in addition to the guns and the driving and all the stuff you would expect yeah, yeah. in Grand Theft Auto. And I like this game quite a lot. Um... And I got all the DLC for it after playing it for maybe 10 hours. And the first thing, and, and a lot of games are guilty of this, and I think that this is, it sucks, but like, if you buy a certain DLC, it will give you like guns and money and, or in some RPGs will give you like stat ups and you can't disable sure. it. So like, yeah. So the game just becomes easier whether you want it to or not. Like it, it destroys the feeling of growth, right? Because they that. just uh, sometimes they assume you've already finished the game when you get the DLC. Yeah, or I mean, but I mean, and Deus Ex Human Revolution, which is a game I love, also did that. Where it's like, if you bought the Game of the Year edition or whatever the version, whatever they called it, you like you would go into Jensen's apartment and it's like, hey, you should open your mirror and like here's a bunch of money and a bunch of stat ups and a bunch of guns. But that's that's besides the point because I mean a lot of games do that and that's bad. But Sleeping Dogs, um, the High Roller Pack specifically, and the High Roller Pack, it gave you a bunch of money. It also gave you the super duper fast car, which mm. I'm like, okay, I just won't use the car until I got to the point of the game where you have to do a race like for the story. And I'm not good at racing games in general. It's just not sure. fun to me. I don't practice it. I, I like driving around in these games, but I'm not good at like beating other cars so i'm like okay well i guess i'll just use this um like the dlc super car. fast yeah and 
apparently if you are using the dlc car in this race the game will crash right at the end of the race oh no but also it auto saves when the race starts oh. so this dlc literally like made the game unplayable Yeah, so if you didn't know about that and you use that car, you're done. Yes. Okay. This wasn't like yeah, an, I can this see. This wasn't like for everyone. This wasn't like an across the board issue. But I did find other people posting online that had this issue where it's, well, yeah, you just have to start a new save file. Like, if you didn't make a separate Ooh. save file beforehand, if you were just using the same save file and like, yeah, it auto saves over it. You cannot change the car because you pick the car and then you go to the race. And then once you're in that car in that race, like you can't leave or it fails and you have to restart. And if you get to the end, whether you win or not, the game will crash. I would lose it. I would totally lose it. But yeah, no, I'm I mean, also, I never beat that game. I'm a person who plays a lot of Bethesda games. So I always just chronically save and have multiple save files and every game i play because i've encountered dumb stuff like oh hey guess what you can't get out of the bunker that you're underground in now and you saved inside here so when i play those kinds of games i do the same thing but it doesn't occur to me in a gta clone to make multiple save files i never do that so like if anything happens i'm just done like i never make multiple saves like oh gosh wow <laughs> every i feel like yeah. every time i don't do it it burns me so like i haven't gone back to play my nightmare run of inquisition because i'm saved inside the fade and the party members i brought were not a good choice and i cannot beat the boss on nightmare inside the fade and i can't reload my save because i'm saved inside the fade oh my god yeah yeah and i got so angry that i'm like i'm done i'm just not I'm just not going to play this game because I'm like 20 hours into my nightmare run and I don't want to restart. No, that's fair. Uh, that's totally fair. But I was just like, man, I've not, I've not played a lot of games where I had to worry about that. Like the only game that I've really had in the recent history that it had a lot of problems was, um, the dragon age origins one. It kept crashing and that one's just a hard crash and I can't get anything around it. So it's just like battle now. <laughs> like I've tried starting over and going through there and it still crashes there. Like so that multiple saves wouldn't work there. So, but yeah, geez. But that's frustrating. Cause it sounds like you really liked that game and then you never I beat did. it. I did. Yeah. <laughs> he did too. <laughs> yeah. I was talking about dragon. Age. Yeah. 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 yeah sleeping no. dogs. But, but yeah, it was the same thing where it was like, yeah, I, I love sleeping dogs. I mean, like, you know, whatever. I love martial arts games and I love GTA games. So having, th- and it was blended together really well. And with the, like a cool morality system. But, uh, after a point, just unplayable because of this DLC that I bought, because I was so excited. I bought all the DLC. So if I didn't, I would have enjoyed the game more. So there's a DLC that made it worse. It's not just like, ah, that should, you know, what they cut this out of the game, whatever. Like, yeah, that sucks. But when you buy the DLC, that makes the game better. This DLC made it worse. And I'll never, I'll never forgive it for that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so Sasha, what's your, what's your dishonorable mention? 
Um, I had two that I was really kind of torn between because I have two that really, really angered me. But the one I settled on is Mad Moxie's Underdome in Borderlands. I hate mm. it. I, I hate it so much. It's the only one that I haven't, I don't have the achievement for. It's the reason I haven't completed Borderlands. I, I, I haven't attempted Mad Moxie's Underdome in probably more than 10 years, and I never will. And in my head, it's 50 rounds, but I, what I, it's probably only 30, but I do know that twice, twice in a row, I played it for hours with my brother and my husband, and we lost two rounds before the end and I'm like I cannot put myself through this again I can't I cannot do it I want to beat both of you like physically beat you both because we didn't get through this and I I want to break this game in half (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah that is that is a strong reaction (laughs) and it's not even that good all that it is is just an arena like it's not that good of DLC it's Mad Moxie saying the same shit over and over and over again in the same rounds. So yeah, that's my that's my pick because All it's right. left a blemish on my game card. Personal that vendetta. That's a mm-hmm. that's a good reason to. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. Oh man, I never played that DLC, um, and I don't like Borderlands because of the combat. So I get that. I can. I can identify with that. Um, man, that game was annoying. I remember, so I had to play it by myself, right? Because I was, uh, at the time when I played Borderlands, um, the first time, I think I played it on PC, like, by myself. No one else can play it on PC that was uh, my friends, because they all had PlayStation 3s, and I was... I was super poor. It's when I first got married back in the day. I was making like $10 an hour, uh, you know, for like an internship job that I was driving an hour and a half one way for. So it was like, I had no budget for games and I had that one, like that was my PC game. And like, I had like boom blocks on the Wii. I think I had recently, like it was just, my gaming was just not in a good place in those days. And I pl- I played through Borderlands and I like you I hated the fact like, hey, go into sub area and when you come out, all the enemies respawn and they're not gonna give you anything. And I'm like, uh, okay, I guess I fight this guy again. And like, oh jeez. And I just got so tired of the combat, but doing that like for fifty rounds and then or whatever it is and Dying on the last couple, that's rough. Twice. Like, I just remember that it was like a day that we were like, we're going to do it, guys. We're going to, we're going to beat Moxie's Underdome. We had drank a ton of energy drinks. (laughs) We're like keyed up. And it, it didn't happen. And then all the, all the caffeine rage Oh. Yeah. I just, wow. I, I just I can't even I can't even I will never attempt it again. I will never go back to it. Yeah, that's oh, uh, that's that's a tough one. I was going to say in in the in the words of the great prince Zuko, that's rough, buddy. As 
I've been saying that a lot lately. <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> oh, so speaking about Prince Zuko, Steve, you might appreciate this. So I, I've been into a new card card game called Flesh and Blood, and they spoiled a okay. new. They spoiled a new like they they run off of classes and stuff, and they spoiled the next the next characters coming the upcoming set, and uh, the they have like a a, a ninja that. Ninjas aren't an unusual class. They have a couple other ones. But he's literally Prince Zuko. Like, he's got a scar over his eye. He can control fire. Like, and I was just like... like, (laughs) It's just like the only thing... You can't copyright a burned eye, you know? So... No, I guess not. Um, uh, Yeah, I'll have to send you a picture of him later on when I I find it. Because, like, it's just... 100% 100% so like I've been like in the words of Prince Zuka that's rough buddy so much this week because of that because of that spoiled card oh man so uh there we go uh Mad Moxies is it Underdome or Thunderdome it's Underdome but it is heavily implied uh Thunderdome of the Thunderdome yeah. yeah okay so Mad Moxies Underdome from Borderlands 1 I don't Considering I don't like that game in general, I can I can feel I can feel just the premise of that DLC being dishonorable. <laughs> All right, so mine mine's a little more of a general one, but I can specify it to a couple games. Um, and it's like for me, the biggest pet peeve of like any sort of DLC or anything is just not real like in-game currency like not a real currency like here's fifteen dollars for like twenty five hundred blizzard bucks or whatever that you can spend in the game like having an in-game currency that's like gold or whatever that you can earn naturally but like having one that's like money only currency it's yeah. just oh microtransaction awful. thing yeah so the the DLC that 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 I would really point out is there's like a fifty dollar buy like this currency that is like NBA two K to just get like players and and outfits and stuff. It just like that kind of stuff is just egregious to me when most of the sports games are roster updates with small mechanics changes. Yes, yeah, so then you gotta and then, pay like, for the roster update. The and then you got to pay for the roster update and this weird pseudo currency that doesn't exact cuz like it never works out even too if you if you've ever bought this kind of currency cuz I have for um uh uh Overwatch like I I bought some of that for Overwatch League of Legends I used to play a lot it never works out so you buy this like whatever $50 pack right you get all this currency it'll equal like 2.3 characters like like or something like that like it won't it, it's worth a lot less than you would think it's where it's so it's so greedy and it's so egregious especially in these sports games like i didn't know about this until my friend talked about like he had like a we did our game of the year discussion and he was praising how much better it was in this game and what he was telling me was like his better version was was basically the standard of League of Legends. And League of Legends is one that I kind of have a bad taste in my mouth about still. 
Like, because when I used to play it, like, we're talking pre-kids. So, you know, at least eight years ago, in my case, sometimes, like, you know, because I'm thinking even before pregnancy, I stopped playing. So, I think, yeah, like, eight years ago, I think probably the last time I really seriously played League of Legends and spent that currency. But, like, it's just... It's like a sunk cost because if you stop playing that game, it's just gone. Like, like it's one thing you buy the game and you don't play it anymore. It's another thing if you buy the game and you buy the, all this extra stuff and you just got like stuff sitting there in the game that you. It just it it aggravates me. It that's aggravates the, me to no end. That's why that Rock Band DLC is great because you buy a song, it takes you three minutes to play the song, and then you're like, yeah, that was great. That was worth two dollars. Like, right. Right, because that makes sense. That like that's like a a, a a thoughtful decision. It's like it's even worse than something like Overwatch because it was a loot box. Like so, you bought this currency to get a loot box to possibly get what you wanted. Not even all the time. And these yeah. sport games were doing the loot box approach, and he was happy that like they took the League of Legends approach, where you're like, oh no, no, but now you can just directly buy what you want. And I'm like. Yeah, League of Legends has been doing that, and it still doesn't feel great because, like, you you can sync like. At the time when I was playing, my brother and I did the did some math, and between the two of us, like having unlocked so many characters, like you could obviously in League of Legends you can do it through playing the game. You can unlock every character. That's not a problem. It's the skins, and the, I don't care about the skins. That's cosmetics. They're cool. I would like to, but like just to unlock characters through that currency would be like hundreds of dollars. Like if you want to get started and league of legends doesn't do anything like, Hey, you started playing. Here's your free character. They don't do that. They have a rotating of free characters every week and that's it. But you don't own any characters until you buy them. Like, uh, so I was just like, "Eh, I really don't like this. So like any sort of like in game, not tied to real money currency, I just yeah, don't especially in a enjoy. game you already bought like right like, like the sports games like, to me are just the most egregious period that do that so i feel like i encounter that the hardest in like heroes of the storm but at least that's like a free game to start with. right and here's the storm and league of legends have the same model you can get that currency and it's mostly for cosmetics and you can still unlock everything through a lot of play but man, I forgot the last time I played was with you and Pan. What, what was like what a year ago? Here's the storm. Oh yeah, we probably. played a little bit. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we played a few a few rounds. It was before my I injured my wrist, so it must have been pre June, like last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I just for, I forgot about that. I was like, yeah, I was really into playing Diablo again the character Diablo into that game. Cause you know, yeah, no, this that, is me. <laughs> that right now is the exact kind of game that would just like cripple me Destroy for a day. You. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much like precision mouse movement and like just tons of clicking. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. That's, that's what those games are. A lot of micro movement. It's actually like a like a thing in those games. It's like how good a player is is their micro movement or whatever, just to dodge attacks. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, can't can't be doing that anymore. I've been playing uh, Dicey Dungeons lately because I can use the touch screen on it on the Switch to play it. Fair. Fair enough. Um, all right. So did you find your third one? I did. Steve? I, yeah, it was, it was, okay. it was weird. Also, I have, I have some, some honorable mentions, things that I was like, that was neat, but I can't like just really discuss, but Europa Universalis has a DLC that adds like Sabaton, the metal band as like music. Hmm. I think that's neat. You have a whole bunch of classical or music and then like Sabaton will come on. And they even added an option to disable it when you're Twitch streaming. Like it's it's an option in the base game, but it only does anything if you have this uh, very specific DLC. Right. And uh, there's a Total Biscuit announcer pack in StarCraft 2. Like that's pretty neat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But like, I don't really have anything to say beyond that. It's you know, it's pretty neat that right. Total Biscuit tell you that like you're not doing a good enough job in co-op. Right. Yeah. Um, they did a lot of announcer packs. They did. Yeah. There's a lot of Korean ones with like no subtitles. <laughs> well, I mean, it was huge in Korea, so I I get. I think that. it still is. But yeah, um, but no. Okay, so my actual pick, and th- this is one where I, I had to kind of lean and search for it, but I do agree with it. It is the, um, it is like the Wonders of the Ancient World DLC for Civilization Five. Oh, okay. Which, so this came out before any of the actual expansion packs, and it was the first thing that added more wonders to Civ 5. So okay. all the DLCs before it were just another leader, but leader DLCs are kind of like, well, they're fun to play as, but otherwise it doesn't do anything. Doesn't change anything, yeah. But um this added the Mausoleum of Hell Carnissus, which gave you just like tons of money if you built it. It had the statue of Zeus, which made your entire like every unit just had 15% more attack strength, like forever. And it added the Temple of Artemis, which I think, I'm hoping I'm not getting this confused, but I think it was all of your cities get 10% more food. Or it was like you get plus one food for every, like, camp. I don't know. It was was something that gave, like, your entire empire, like, a ton of food. So these three specific wonders were all kind of overpowered, but that made it, like, really exciting to race for them, especially in, like, real multiplayer games. Um, Okay. But also, it added a the only scenario I played more than once, which was the Wonders of the Ancient World scenario, which was super duper fun because it slowed down research without slowing anything else down. So normally, yeah. like in Civ, if you want to play a long game, it just kind of slows everything down. So it's going to take you like 40 turns to build that first monument or whatever. Yeah. But in this mode, it was like, okay, building a monument still takes 10 turns, but it will take 40 turns to research the next thing. So you didn't feel like just bored waiting to like make units or if you get attacked, like, well, it's going to take me 30 turns to make a swordsman. So I guess I lost. Um, yeah. It, it got rid of that. And, but it just, it let you 
just kind of hang out in the ancient and classical periods and just like develop your situation civilizations that way now i mean civ is balanced so that like you are supposed to be constantly getting texts and like making decisions on like what thing you want to build and you don't really have enough time to build everything so this kind of created a, a separate issue where like everyone would always have everything and all the cities were too strong but it was it was still just super fun to be like okay no like these guys like the romans have have extra good um or i don't think you could be the romans but like the greeks had extra good uh like they had hoplites instead of spearmen and mm -hmm. in normal civ that doesn't matter that much because in 40 turns you're not using spearmen anymore but but being able to like no like this like hoplites are good and i'm going to be using hoplites for the entire game feels good and fun right so i remember in college okay. when i would i would be playing multiplayer civ with people in my dorm and they were like ah we don't you know buying a dlc like whatever like i bought this dlc for everybody on my floor or you know everybody who played civ i mean because it was like yeah. three to five dollars i don't remember it wasn't much right but yeah it cost me like thirty dollars so that i could have a like seven player game where we were all trying to get the statue of zeus at once and it was awesome <laughs> I do like Civ, and I think 5 is my favorite so far. I tried 6. Did you play 6? I played quite a lot of 6, not as much as 5. I will say, um, so my so you got to have the two expansions for 6. Like, I would say even okay. more so than 5. Like, 6 needs the expansions. And also, this was kind of my runner-up. Civ 6 had a... Um, what they called the new frontier pass which was basically mm -hmm. it was like seven se separate dlcs and every dlc added like just kind of a quirk that you could throw into your games so one of them added like natural disasters like oh okay like occasionally like there will be like not like godzilla but like <laughs> sometimes there will be a yeah. flood and like the flood will like damage all the tiles but if you build a farm on like a damaged tile it has it makes more food because it's like um, fertilized floodlands sure um also like it added this mechanic where like you could at a holy site make a soothsayer that would like predict natural disasters or like you could send your soothsayer to a volcano in the enemy sieve and he could like make the volcano erupt oh wow so that was that was like one of these there's one that's like secret societies where like every civ can join a different secret society so there's like a cthulhu worshiping one there's like vampires and they they all do like something super different so like the vampire one it lets you build a unique unit that's like or a unique tile that's like a vampire castle which is like a way like a super improved fort and it also gives you a vampire unit which like just has a ton of health and every time it kills a unit it like recovers health that's insane. Like, that's, like, total fantasy versus, like, yeah. what this is, like, grounded in history series. That's insane. No, yeah. It, it's Holy super, cow. It, added, it adds, like, a Cthulhu worship being one, which, like, I I forget. I remember they got, like, special, like, buildings that they could build that were just, like, better. Um, I'm trying to remember. What, the Secret Societies was just kind of nuts. Um, 
another mode it added was like which is probably my favorite was um it's like legendary heroes so okay. like so so faith in civ 5 and 6 becomes kind of useless like pretty quickly yeah um like after you kind of make your religion there's not much to do with it but the legendary heroes is like you can use your excess faith to like recruit Beowulf or King Arthur or Sung Wukong or like all mm. these different like legendary heroes from culture and they all do something different. Hmm. And once they're recruited to your sieve, like that's you get them. They'll only be around for so many turns. I remember Sung Wukong like historically has eternal life, so he's around for like 40 turns. I suppose King Arthur's around for like 12. But then it's like when they eventually die or they expire, it'd be like they'll come up again when our when our civilization needs them. And then like only you can recruit them after that because they're like loyal mm. to your sieve. Anyway, so so there's like seven of these that each add just kind of like a, a weird quirky mechanic. And you can have them all on at once if you want. Interesting. Okay. Huh. Also, one of them. This actually might be the most important. It shuffles the tech tree. Not like completely, like just kind of within eras. Sure. So so it doesn't make as much sense, but it does be like, all right, I'm going to go to agriculture and then into astronomy because I want religion. Like that's, you know, your go-to opening of every game. This would let you be like, yeah. Oh, I can't get astronomy until I have the wheel. Okay, I guess I'm getting the wheel first, or like what you know, whatever your play style is. Sure. Hmm. It'll keep it. You know, it'll just kind of shake it up a bit. So I would. Yeah. So that was like a twenty-five dollar DLC that I think added. I th like I was done with Civ Six, and I got maybe like twenty more games out of it because of that. So. Jeez, I didn't even finish my first game of Six. Cause I was just like, I can't, I, I couldn't handle the builders the way they change the builders. Yeah. Where they just kind of like, they do three things and they get done. consumed. Yeah. Like I was just like, Oh man, I have to keep building builders. Like I just learned how to play Civ five. Like, <laughs> what, what am I doing here? Okay. All right. So your actual recommendation was, um, uh, it was the Civ, Civ Five Ancient Wonders? Ancient Wonders. But also, if you can't honorable mention, if if you played Civ Six when it came out and you were bored with it, which I was, and I put mm. a thousand hours into Civ Five. Um, I think I just saw an ad like the, they they just put out like I think it's Civ Six Anthology. It's like because they did the complete edition, which had all the expansions, but then they did like all these things I just told you. So now there's like. At more than the complete edition is the anthology edition which has mm -hmm. which now has everything like pick that up just turn on all the weird modes oh there's a mode <laughs> where like you can monopolize luxury resources that's kind of fun interesting okay it's like i own all the cotton deal with it <laughs> i have all the spice oh I, there you go that's that's a relevant one he who holds the spice. Okay. Um, so Sasha, what was your, uh, what was your last one? I picked old world blues from fallout new Vegas. 
That's okay. A great one. Yes, I I really like a lot of the Fallout New Vegas DLC. I was actually kind of torn between this one and Honest Hearts. Um, even though Honest Hearts gameplay wise is not the greatest, but story wise, I think it really adds a lot to it. But Old World Blues feels like you have Wild Wasteland on the whole time. Um, it is it's very funny. So what happens is you get sent to this place called Big Mountain. Um, and a lot of the details are very hazy because I haven't played this one in, you know, probably like a decade. Um, it, uh, you meet these scientists in the think tank. And they are, they have downloaded their consciousness and their brains into supercomputers. <laughs> so they have like little computer oh. monitor faces. And okay. they maintain like their core personalities and memories and intelligence. Um, they all send you on little missions to do their things that they would be able to do if they had bodies, but they can't do. Um, but other things that you find, uh, it really adds a lot to where a lot of the, um, the unique characters um, and the things that you fight come from. Um, so you learn like where the Cazadors come from. You learn where Night Stalkers come from which is basically failed DNA splice experiments on Big Mountain. But there's pretty cool. Uh, I think you get some unique weapons from that one. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it's the longest one as well, because I, I'm also a person that I'm going to talk to everybody. I'm going to exhaust every dialogue option. Yeah. And I just remember like, once you get into the think tank, I think I spent over an hour just talking to the, I think there's five of the scientists in there. There's an hour in dialogue. But I was cool with that because that's why I like those games. Right. Yeah. It, it's funny, as much as I skip story in games, sometimes I will. Like when it's an RPG, I will just talk to everybody. But, like, other games, I'm just, like, blowing past through, like, dialogue where I just don't care. Like, I don't know what it is about RPGs, but I am feel like, no, I got to talk to everybody. Even if I don't care, I got to talk to everybody. So, I get like, that. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll challenge myself with a brand new RPG. And this feels weird, but it's, it's kind of fun to be like, I'm going to roleplay a guy that doesn't like talking to people. And they're like, excuse me, sir, I have a quest for you. Like, I don't care. Just walk by him. Yeah. It's like just a fun yeah. mental exercise to do. I tell you what, if you want to play a game that, that just feels like your just general personality, I heavily suggest Monster Hunter Stories to you. You'll still do all the quests, but your character just doesn't give a crap and doesn't respond. Because he can't talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stand I know I brought it up phone. again, but oh, dude, it was bad. It's so bad. It's it, they have the cat talk for you first of all, like in any weird anime thing. But then also, I got I got so mad at the point. Like, there's a literally a point in the story where they're like, like, what are you gonna do? And then your character just walks away, just like, just like, and they literally are like. What does that mean? What are you doing? Like, <laughs> I was like, at least they acknowledge it. 
um, I got to the point where I just I put on a helmet. Like they had a uh, an option you could put on your helmet in the cutscenes, and I had a full helmet where you couldn't see my face at all. So they'd be talking to me in cutscenes, and you would just see this. It would cut to my character just standing there, nothing, just a, like a helmet on his face, just standing there. <laughs> It kind of reminds me, um, did you ever play Persona 4? Or really any of the Persona games? I have not. I, I've heard a lot about them, but I have not. It sounds like um, a lot of stressful time management that I... Uh, it's fun time management, I would say. But sure. I can see how it would be stressful. Anyway, um, so it's, it's a, whatever, silent protagonist game. Like, mm-hmm. you know, very literally your character doesn't say much. They kind of just respond to questions. Right. Well, they made an anime out of it, and it's like, well, how do you how do you make this character? So they made the main character be like completely stoic, and he just speaks in monotones, and he says very little like all the time, and people kind of look at him like he's a weirdo. Yeah, because that's what would happen. Just like, like if you if you act like that in a social situation, people will be like, "What are you doing, butthead?" <laughs> like, like I. <laughs> Like, I just remember there's this one part, and this is in the anime, and this is exactly what happens in the game. But he, like, reaches into this portal, and, like, something bites him, and he pulls his hand out, and he's, ow. And like, are you okay, man? I might be dying. <laughs> but I think I'm okay. <laughs> but I think Probably. I'm okay. <laughs> Why would you do that, you idiot? <laughs> That's funny. Um, so is this something that, that I should get, cause I talked about playing new Vegas at some point, Sasha. So is this something I new would, Vegas? no, I have it. Oh, put that in front of mass effect. Cause yeah, shorter, I mean, but yeah, better. you should play new Vegas a hundred percent. Uh, I'll try. Like I've got like talking, you talk about Civ got me like, I might actually want to play City Skylines again. I might actually want to build another city. Like, I have like some ideas of Civ what I want to play. Did not want to play more Civ, but maybe play a different game. Well, okay, because what I like out of Civ, well, Civ is fine too. But like, I I don't know my uh, yeah, it's I I don't know. Like again, it's that it's that weird. I know it's because it's my hyper Monster Hunter is bringing everything else down. I know that's what the problem is. I do. I go through this every year. I, the only thing it didn't happen with was Rise because I got a PlayStation literally like four weeks before Monster Hunter Rise came out. And I was like, all right, I have a PS5. I have so much time to do how many games before Rise comes out. So I like I blitzed. I don't know if you were part of the remember that part of the uh, that time, Steve, or not. I do, but I, I finished that, like. Yeah. Because, like, I finished, like, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Mars Morales, like, Hungry Shark, or whatever it was, like, like all sorts of things. Or, no, no Man-Eater. That's what it was. I platinum Man-Eater in, like, three days. Like, <laughs> it was just, like, I was on a roll. And then Rise came out, and I was good. But this time, it's just, like, I literally just finished everything, and we're waiting till June 30th. Hmm. Um, yeah, if you thought the Outer Worlds was cool, but just not, like, great, yeah, play New Vegas. New Vegas is chef's kiss. Okay. I'll tolerate. It's, it's, I own it. I will tolerate every Bethesda bug for New Vegas. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to yeah of the whatever Fallout Three Oblivion on style that Bethesda did, New Vegas is just the the peak of all those okay. games. It's because Obsidian sure. did it. Yeah, yeah, that that Ob- is why, Obsidian but... is good. Obsidian is a great developer. I mean, they did. Um, I really like. Uh, yeah, obviously the Diablo clones, and I talk about those a lot, but they did one in the worst style that I like. Like, I hate... Um, I love Diablo clones for the randomization of loot and that kind of stuff, but there is a form of playing a Diablo clone that the loot is fixed. Like, you'll go to this air room, this sword is in this barrel kind of deal. They did... Um, they did the Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance uh, in those days that is fixed loot. And I love that game because of how well they did the quest design and all that kind of stuff. Like Obsidian legitimately is a good developer. Um, and they made that game fun with fixed loot. And I was just like, I don't know, I don't know how you do that, but you did. I think that New Vegas, all of the DLC is very strong. In New Vegas, mm-hmm. um, there are dead money is really challenging. I will say, but I I really loved Dead Money as well. I think that the best companion that you get in New Vegas, you get in, you only get to have in Dead Money. Dean Domino. I just can't okay. get over in New Vegas. Among all the wonderful things about that game, so so luck is a stat. And in many yeah. games, luck is a stat, and it means you get more loot. And maybe you get more crits. Yeah. But because New Vegas is Vegas, if your luck stat is high, you will, like, win on Blackjack more. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like to the point where, like, they will, like, you must be cheating and, kick, and like, ban you from the casinos. Well, you can break the bank. It's It's an achievement. They want you to do it. So what you're saying is max luck. All right. Oh, yeah. If you have max luck, you also end up finding, like, you'll find random bottle cap, like, stashes Mm -hmm. of 300 just in, like, a random locker somewhere. You'll find, like, big uh, ammo caches randomly. Um, I found way better loot as well. You can find the the stealth boys everywhere, I think, because I'm a a loot hoarder in New Vegas. Uh, I have oh, like, yeah. I think I have like 80 well, stealth are, boys with my luck character. It, it, isn't it fair you're saying a loot hoarder in, in most of the games like that that you play? I sure am, yes, but like, yeah. I there's certain things that I hoard. So, mm-hmm. like, with one of my characters, I, I pretty much take every drug and drink everything I find. So, like, <laughs> that there's no hoarding of those items. But then with another character, right. I'm like, check out my alcohol collection here with all the whiskey you can find in the wasteland. Gotcha. Gotcha. And make I, sure you turn on, if, when you play New Vegas, 100%, get the weird wasteland perk or whatever oh, yes. it's called. One, wild wasteland like, is so funny. Wild wasteland. It just makes, okay. like, weird shit happen. Okay. Like, like the one that sticks out to me is like there's a nuclear testing site and if weird wasteland is on you will find a skeleton inside a refrigerator next to it indiana Jones. oh yeah yeah the Crystal he has Skull a leather reference. hat too 
Nice. Which is a good early in-game find, I will say. Because I think it adds to your like crit chance. And yeah, it's pretty good. My favorite Wild Wasteland thing is when the, the gang of old ladies, they assault you with rolling pins. Yeah, okay. so if you want a serious experience, you, you can turn it off and like not have your immersion broken. But if you want to have a good time, like 100%, it needs to be turned on. Oh, and, okay. you, and sort of confusingly, you have to take this like instead of like a perk, instead of a stat up or like well, ability. Because there's right. you can add two bonus perks in the beginning of the game. And while Wasteland is one of them, I, I don't like a lot of the perks, the bonus perks, because they're double-edged. While Wasteland is the only one that's not a double-edged perk. I thought that, like, I don't know. I feel like you could take you... Confirmed Bachelor right off the bat, and that's, like, strictly good. Confirmed Bachelor is one that you, you have to level up to get. It's the, like, oh, four, okay. like, four eyes is one that I usually will pick, is that if you have glasses, you get plus two perception, but if you're not wearing glasses, you get minus two perception. Um, oh, there's okay. like like there's one okay. called Kamikaze where you, I think you get more action points, but you get mu- like decreased damage threshold, which is super important in New Vegas, but not so important in any of the other games. Interesting. I I, I like that four eyes. It's like, hey, you get an advantage for wearing glasses. This is not an advantage. This is so I can see like a normal human being. Right. <laughs> yeah. They um, like, they botched the prescription on these ones. I have like twenty twenty five vision with these glasses on. Oh no, I uh, yeah, it's 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 been a thing since I've been a kid. It's like my uh, my younger daughter has glasses, and she can kind of function without them. So she just assumes that's right for me, and I'm like, no no no, no. I cannot like. I even had to explain to her, I was like, look, daddy isn't allowed to drive without glasses. It is illegal. It is on my license. It says, if doesn't have glasses, throw his butt in jail. Because <laughs> like, I can only, without him, there. That's that's as far as I can see. And then I lose details. Like, And it's not like a detail. It's all the details. <laughs> so... I appreciate that the game could possibly make you feel like a superhero for wearing glasses. <laughs> it's decreased if you're not wearing them, but like plus if you if you do, that's that's uh, I like yeah. that idea. <laughs> Perception is a pointless perk in New Vegas. Oh well, okay. Like you don't want to not have any perception, but. It's not that important. I usually gotcha. take the four eyes perk because I don't put very many points in perception, so I can put them somewhere else in New Vegas. And then I take the four Fair. eyes perk so that I can have like a functioning level of perception, but not have to worry about I forget. it. Yeah. Do you have to have like glasses, glasses, or do sunglasses count? Sunglasses for... count. I like those Ranger, those NCR Ranger glasses. That's that's hilarious because. Yeah, sunglasses totally wouldn't help. One hundred. <laughs> Maybe they're transition oh, lenses. Yeah, but then they wouldn't be sunglasses if you're inside. They would just be normal. <laughs> They'd just be prescription Although, sunglasses. Those exist. Yeah. They do. I used to have some. 
And every every person you kill happens to be wearing your prescription. Yes. Coincidentally. It's a very common one. They all have this exact stigma in their left eye. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so what was that one called? Death, uh, not Death Mountain. Old World Blues is the one Old that World I picked. Blues, yeah. Old yes, World Blues. Because it is, I okay. think, the more... It is the lighter of all of all the choices. It's pretty sure. funny. I liked it. Okay, so uh, Fallout New Vegas, Old World Blues. All right. So my last one uh, is is a is a DLC that was in some ways controversial, but in uh, in other ways really awesome for Doom Eternal, was- and it's. The Ancient Gods Part 1. And the reason why it's controversial is because they took the difficulty notch from Doom Eternal, I would say, is a, if you want to do it well, like, what I play on default is a harder mode than you probably probably should have been playing, but because it's Doom, I, I tell myself I gotta play on Ultra Violence because that's what I play on Classic Doom. So I beat Ultra Violence 100%. And then I put Ultraviolence on in the Ancient Gods Part 1, and it felt like Nightmare Mode with, like, no deaths. And it was insane. The So the Ancient Gods Part 1, to explain, is literally they had two story DLC packs that came out after the game. And um, the, the difficulty spike from end of, end of uh, the main game to the beginning of this game is miles apart. Like in the main game there, they make it a big deal when you face um, a cyber demon, which a cyber demon is this like gigantic 20 foot tall minotaur with a rocket launcher for an arm. And it's as difficult as it sounds like it's just, it's rough. And there's only ever one of them at a time. They, like, in room four of this game, put you in a room that is, like... Uh, by the way, it's also an open arena when you fight the Cyber Demon. They put you, basically, it feels like a closet in comparison. Like a hallway with a single Cyber Demon. And then you get halfway down that hallway, and they spawn a second one behind you. So you're sandwiched between two Cyber Demons. And this like, first level of, like, three levels that this thing gives you and it's just like the difficulty just whoosh it's just like a like a cliff it's just <laughs> this is like the two banshees that i was talking about in mass effect 3 where i was like i don't think i'm gonna beat this on insanity i don't know if i yeah. can beat two of you at the same time i did but i don't know how i still don't know how right this that's what this kind of does like most games they'll ease you back into it like hey, here's a little bit of a light fight and we'll start getting a little... Like, literally, the first encounter in this thing is, like, on the level of the last encounters of the last one. You're like, okay, so what are we doing here? They throw at you um, two Cyber Mancubus, which are some of the harder, like, fodder enemies because they're armored and stuff. So, like, you have to use a special move to de-armor them, then you can kill them. Um, a bunch of bo- like a bunch of cacodemons, like every everything, just like 
out the gate. And then it's like the whole DLC is just that way. Everything all the time at you. Like, they have this enemy in the main game called the uh, Marauder. And he's got this really in- awesome intro. Which, you guys can probably hear that freaking... What the crap? Yeah, we can. My window's not even open. Holy cow! Um, anyways. Um, they have... So he's like the Doom guy's like antithesis. Like, he actually used to be like in his squad or whatever. And he's got an axe. And he's like, you can only hurt him when he flashes green. His eyes will flash green. That's the only time you can hurt him. And then you'll like there's like actual like specific strategies to kill this guy and he has a whole intro and it's a big deal anytime you fight one of them it's like a big story thing this dlc frequently pits you against two of them like at the same time and you're like what how why what are you doing like and then they add this cool mechanic twice (laughs) because <laughs> it happens different ways of hey everything you're fighting in the room is buffed until you kill this specific monster and one of them is like a ghost that possesses the monster so like it's like a possessed so you kill it which it's harder to kill now it does more damage and it's faster and then the little ghost thing comes out and there's only a specific mod on a specific weapon that can kill that ghost else it goes and possesses something else and it's just like and you have to sit there. It's the plasma rifle. There's like a charge beam on the plasma rifle where you sit there like fry it to death with a like an electrical thing. And the ghost will stop and stuff. But the thing is, you're sitting still shooting at one thing for like a good 15 seconds, which means you're pretty much dead if you're sitting like sitting duck. So like you have to still dodge everything else while you're microwaving this ghost. And it's just... <laughs> It's just insane. Like it was I uh, I actually streamed the three levels. Uh now it was not good quality when I streamed it, so I didn't save them. They're no longer available. Uh cuz my internet was a lot worse in those days. But uh I think Ace was watching at the time and you could tell I was sweating, like full on sweating after the end of every level. I was just like I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> this is insane. And it actually caused so much of a controversy of like the difficulty spike. The second DLC was was easier. And we're talking incredibly easier. That became another controversy because they were like, it's too easy now. <laughs> That's incredible. You can't even like, I mean, so like on the hardest difficulty, it was too easy. Like, I almost can't wrap my head around that for Doom. Right. Well, they did a lot of things that, like, they added this weapon. It's just, like, the hammer. And it was just, like, it did this thing, and it's really weird. Uh, If you use this extra weapon, and it was just like your chainsaw. You could just pull it out whenever it was charged up or whatever. Um, It would stun enemies for, like, five or six seconds. And everything around you was stunned. So it was just, like... It was just like, hey, all the intensity, turn it off for five seconds. And that was like, there was nothing in the game up to that point that did that. It, they added vats, basically. <laughs> Kinda. Not really, but I mean, like, you did it in slow town time, but they just Fallout basically... Fallout 4 things... doesn't totally slow it down, but it 
Oh, okay. It's basically like you stunned everybody for however long your vats last for. Interesting. Yeah, because Fallout 3, it was time was just slowing down. Oh, yeah. that You could basically no, pause was, the game. Was, yeah, I yeah. think it was stopped in 3 in New Vegas, and it, then in yeah. 4 in Outer Worlds, it slowed down. Yeah. But... Okay. Yeah, three three is the one where I had the problem because it was just like ninety eight percent chance to hit the head, and I'm like, well, if I unzoom, it's a hundred percent because I'm actually good at shooting games, so I'm just yeah. not going to use it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't have to use hats. Like, you really don't. Yeah, it was one of my many annoyances with with Fallout Three at the time. Use melee in New Vegas. It's fun. I'll I'll, I'll I don't uh, think I ever used melee in New Vegas. Are you serious? I'll, I'll look oh, into that. Oh, man. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't know. It's been a long time, but I feel like I've just used, like, pistols all the time. Oh, man. The Power Fist is awesome. There's a... I think there there is a shish kebab in New Vegas. That's pretty good. I feel There's like a, I'd remember that if I had used it. So. I cleared out I the entire no Legion camp with a Power Fist. This sounds like have to this go sounds back like to something Vegas I want to do. Once I'm better. Yeah, once you, once your wrist can handle it. Yeah, which hopefully will just be another month. Okay. Just in time for summer vacation, and then I can re-injure it again. <laughs> oh boy. Um, well, hey, I, I I know you don't play it as much as as, as Pan, but Monster Hunter's coming out in summer. I so I just can't I can't I can't do Monster Hunter, like I can oh. like I compare myself to you and Chelsea and your whole group, and I'm like, yeah, I'm getting it, and they're like, like, no, Steve, the monster we're fighting is on this other side of the map. You just killed a thing that doesn't even fight back. Oh. <laughs> how, how do I get over there? Just climb well, over then, this mountain. Come on, let's go. Like, oh, wait. Climb over the mountain. What do you mean by climb over? The... <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I think we, like, we had a lot I, of fun times, though. Yeah, I think if I start, if I found like other people who didn't know how to play, and we could learn together, I would sure. probably have a really good time. But at, like. If I play Monster Hunter, we can sensei you. But like, so if I play, it's I, I <laughs> very much feel like I'm holding people back, and that that's just not fun for me. Okay, I mean, to me, I don't. I I have like, uh, I'm sure, all of us being, you've played a lot of D and D too as well, Sasha, right? Um, as someone who has regularly had to teach people how to play D&D. I have the patience to teach people to play other games. Like it it's there. I get I where you're coming you, from I'm... though. That's how I feel, but it's because I am the person that gets frustrated with the player who is holding us back as well. So I don't want to be that person who does that. Right. I I mean, I can understand that. Um I it, I don't like being that person myself, but as as someone who is who, who is better at something, I, I'm very usually very patient. I mean, like when I when I've been doing a lot of the flesh and blood stuff, 
in, in, during the week. I've been actually teaching people to play a lot, and I haven't got to do a lot of like high level play. So it's kind of like that where I'm just like, hey, you know, here's how we get in the game. I'll play my easier thing, and it's not very tuned, and we'll have fun. And then I play against my brother, and he stomps stomps me into the curb as usual with any card game or strategy game or anything. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Although he does he did point out I did beat him this week. I I did I did beat him, but it was only because he rolled terribly. He has a he has a character that was like, "Hey, if we roll a he rolls a six-sided dice, he rolls a 5 or 6, he doubles his attack. If he rolls a uh, a 4 or below, he he halves his attack essentially. And he halved his attack on every attack that turn. And I was just like, "Yay!" Because I did a super dumb and risky thing that gave him a bunch of cards and a bunch of his advantage, and he just he just unlucked it all. And I was like, "Yes, I can win!" Because I just he just beats me. It's just the moral of the story is my brother just beats me in games. <laughs> but uh, I I don't really have a problem helping people out. Um, you know, we had uh, we we had Joy we've had Joy-Con J on here a couple times. Sasha, you remember. And uh, his son uh, was actually on playing with us a couple times. And, you know, I didn't it didn't mind at all sort of like toning it down so we could have him play and have fun. Like, although I was just crown hunting at that time. So it was just like, yeah, we'll do whatever because I've already done everything. But also, but also when I started physical therapy, I had to give up Elden Ring. And when I'm better, oh, no. I get to go back to Elden Ring. Okay. All right. I uh I don't know what it was. I I'm pretty sure it's the Monster Hunter Blues that I've been having, but like when I started my second save on Elden Ring, I was like, I don't want to do anything about this. I'm good. I don't want I already did this. This is no, I, I'm done. Um whoever the, the first like real boss is, the guy who always starts by throwing the knives at you. I can't remember his name. Godric? I don't know. There's that boss. He, he like the first thing he does is he throws knives at you, and you just like sidestep them. Anyway, uh, maybe it's I fought him like or something like for that. maybe an hour and a half, and I was like, I kept being like, I'm gonna get him this time, and I, I certainly yeah, like maybe Margaret, yeah set my recovery back a week on that one boss fight. Ooh, that's rough. Is he the one that jumps so, off the castle wall? Like I he jumps so. down like from the, the castle yeah, wall. He's got like a cutscene yeah. and he like jumps down and is like, hey, good job getting this far, but you're not getting any farther. Right. Uh, I believe chat got it right. I think that's Margit. Yes, Margit. Yeah. That's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I had to stop trying because my wrist hurt too much and then it hurt for a week. And then I started physical oof. therapy after that. It was like, maybe I should just not play Elden Ring. That's fair. That's that's a rough game. That and Monster Hunter can be just as rough as far as execution goes. Yeah, I mean, I would say something like Slay the Spire or something that is just more tactical would be a lot easier yeah. on you. Well, like I said, I've been playing um, Dicey Dungeons, which is like I would call it a simplified version of Slay the Spire, but it works oh, way okay. better on a touch screen than Slay the Spire does. And Slay the Spire, I tried that and I kept like touching the wrong cards card oh, okay but dicey dungeons 
which is it's slay the spire with dice basically i might have to look at the end of that because i really liked slay the spire but i I, i've got to a level where it's like i've gotten to like level four and five on every class and i'm like this is a little too hard for me now i want to kind of tone it down so i might look into dicey dungeons yeah, I would say Dicey. I'd say Slay the Spire is better than Dicey Dungeons in like every single way, except that like Dicey Dungeon works better on a touchscreen. Okay, like, I mean, I still want to look but, into it. Um, but it it's fun, um, in that mm-hmm. like kind of. Uh, once you get the hang of it, you you can like watch a show and like half pay attention to it and like sure. I mean that's a good that's a good podcast game is what I would call that. It's yeah, listen, yeah, for listen sure. to a podcast while I'm playing something. Um, for a while there, actually, I I have been playing Nightmare Reaper as well, but like Nightmare Reaper is very execution heavy, and I'm at the end of the game, so it's not become a good podcast game lately. So I don't know. Um, so yeah, uh, Ancient Gods. Part one uh, was an amazing DLC that I quite enjoyed. And I actually kind of been watching some content about that controversy I was talking about lately. Because I didn't know it was a huge controversy. I just played it and I was like, man, that was tough. Well, boy. (laughs) I didn't know people were like, this is insane, id. What are you doing? You're hurting me. (laughs) Um, So, uh... Any other any other honorable mentions that you guys have? I don't have any any more per se. Um, I have a I have an honorable mention for the dishonorable category because I don't really have anything okay. to say about a it. A dishonorable but, uh, mention, yeah. Final Fantasy VII Integrate, which I just can't get because they didn't put it on PS4, and I can't find a PS5 anymore. So as far as I'm concerned, it just might as well not exist. DLC for a game that I own, I can't play it. Wait, 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 it's not on the PS4 version? So there's a PS4 the... version of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. But the Intergrade, the one that, like, adds the Yuffie stuff, you cannot play that on the PS4. That's ins- What? Okay. That's not cool. And I, mean, I don't can't... like that game, but okay. Well, I really liked Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. It's the only Final Fantasy game I've ever beaten. Um... And I would really like to play it, but I can't because I can't find a PS5 anywhere, and it's only on PS5. Uh, yeah, I was lucky to get my PS5, and then Chance was lucky to get his, but Chance got his over a year later than I did. And that's with us actively looking both times. Both of us actively looking, by the way, not just him. Actually, I was probably more actively looking for his PS5 than he was, to be honest. Because he was in anime land, and he's still in it. I bet you he's watching anime right now. I bet you're going to go upstairs right now and be watching anime. Yeah, it's not the worst <laughs> way to spend your free time. I know. I just make fun of him for it now because he stopped playing a lot of games with me to go watch anime. <laughs> so I just I give him crap about it. Although it is funny, like I did walk in, he was telling me about there was like a particularly, uh, he calls it a saucy, but a particularly like adult rated one that like had some fan service stuff and he's watching it for the story 
or whatever. He's not, you know. Yeah, that's what he says. Sure. Well, you know, whatever. What, what's he watching? I really don't remember, dude. I'm the wrong person to be asking. Okay, that's um, fine. Um, it's but all good. I was I, every time I, I go, yeah, I, I go upstairs and I, I, I knock on the door and I pick my head around the door real quick. And I was like, did I catch something dirty? No. Okay. And he's just like, why do you do that? <laughs> Watching it for the story. I like that. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't know. It was something about kingdoms and like he got teleported to a kingdom and he I mean, was that, like, that, from... that is its own genre. I know. That, that is I, I, literally a genre of anime now. It has a name. It's called Isekai. Yeah, but like, okay, let me. Ex- I do know a little bit more of the plot to, to narrow it down because he's told me the whole show. Um, there was like, like these bunny people, and she was like a bunny princess or something like that, and he was the guy was like from like the Japan Japanese military. And like, it was another one of the harem ones where like, there's a bunch of girls that like him and there was like elves and they blew up a dragon with C4 and like, by the way, I don't watch any modern anime except for Dr. Stone. So I have no idea, but okay. (laughs) I don't know. I haven't watched any either. I mean, like, I think One Punch Man is the last one I watched, because that's hilarious to me. I mean, make fun of superheroes all day. I love it. What about Demon Slayer? I watched one episode of Demon Slayer. Yeah, I I haven't watched Demon Slayer. I don't think Chance watched that one. Alright, I'm pretty tired. Yeah, yeah, no, I was uh, going to wrap it up. Um, so, yeah, thank you for coming on, Steve. Uh, thank you, as always, Sasha. Um, next week will be the quiz week. Um, I already gave the, the years to Ace and Sasha. Um, I don't have... I'm still in the process of picking all the games. However, um, I do have three years completed, I think. Let me... I'm too afraid to double check because then it'll pop up on stream. I don't know which window it's on that I was working on. But I do believe I have 30 of the 50 games picked. So it's uh, it's getting there. So I'll, I'll probably put a lot more time into that this week too to, to come up with a quiz. Um, by the way, Steve, we're not, we're not quizzing on 50 games. I'm using a, a die, a 10-sided die to pick three different games in each year trying to make it a little less predictable what he's going to pick remove his bias right Uh, that's a ton of time that's a lot of questions for me to come up with holy cow i don't i don't know (laughs) if i could do that um but yeah so as a reminder to listeners if you're if you're going to try to study up because i do have that readily available uh, we were doing the years 1996, 2000, 2008, 2011, and 2016. And uh, to be fair, uh, I will say this. When I was picking uh, the games for 96, which I've already done, there was a lot in 96. There was a lot There's more a lot. games than I expected in 96. Like, 96 is one of those hot years in gaming, apparently. 
because there was. I think you have another so one in there that's. Things. That there's a lot. 2011. Yeah. Did you say? Did. What were the years? 2000, uh, 96, 2000, 2008, Ooh, 2011. 2008. 2000, yeah, 2008 is huge. Yeah. And uh, 2016. Yeah, 2008, uh, you did have a lot of options. There's there's certain ones where I'm like, I'm skipping some games. A, because we've already done them, because we've done a couple years already. But B, because there's just not enough. Like, there's just not enough room to fit. Obviously not every game, because no one knows every game, but, like, not enough room to fit every notable game in that year either. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that'll be next week, the quiz show. Be sure to turn tune in um, and see who gets to take home the championship on that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who we have coming on for the guest next week to do that, but Ace and Sasha, Sasha will certainly be there. Um and we'll find someone. <laughs> we always manage to. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to keep up with the podcast, uh, at Hunter Sub Pod on Twitter, um, and then be sure to join the Discord if you want to get a hold of us too. Uh, which is you can find through the Twitter account. I think a couple of people have found the Discord through Twitter, and um, we'll be recording Bickering Bucks Tuesday for uh, Tiny Tina's. So. Expect the episode out Wednesday or Thursday for that. Um, although I am getting a tooth pulled that day, so we'll see how well that episode goes. I highly recommend drink pineapple juice before you go. Pineapple juice will reduce your inflammation and drink pineapple juice afterwards. It really, really helped when I had my tooth removed. Awesome. I will keep that in mind because uh, if you noticed, I wasn't drinking pop today. I was drinking only water because I went to the dentist and they were like, Hey, you have 12 cavities and we got to pull a tooth on top of that. And I was like, excuse me, what? I brushed my teeth. Thank you very much. Twice a day. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, they were like, yeah, it's the pop. The pop is just basically eating away at your teeth. And I'm like, Whoa. I guess I'm done with pop. It's just not happening anymore. So I am cold turkey since Thursday. So it's not been so long without pop, but a couple days. But I am done. Tuesday, I'm getting a tooth pulled. And yeah, we'll we'll go from there and record. Um, so yeah, uh, Steve, do, is there... A way we, people can get a hold of you if they want, or just Discord? Yep, just Discord. Okay. Alrighty. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you next time. I won't. Bye. <laughs>